top trumps, it's a battle for true premacy as we pit the might of the American naval fleet against some hot air balloons. To infinity and beyond. You've just entered the, the Davis, Davis Locker. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Trader Top Trumps with me, Chris Davis, and the Thelma to my Louise, Gazzadee. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Chris, we've got a fantastic matchup this week. What we recommend you do beforehand, go and have a look at the trailers. We put the links in the description below. And really, what we want to do for you is give a recommendation of what to watch at the cinema this weekend. Yeah. However... Our opinions are based solely on the trailers. Yeah, we don't look at the final film. We base this purely on the trailers. So a first impressions last rule is in play. Yeah. <laughs> what we then do is we have a six category critique system and we judge those trailers on each of those categories, giving them a score out of 10. Zero being completely crap, don't bother going to watch it. And 10 being the best thing you'll see in the cinema that weekend. We'll then add those scores up, but the winner is left to chance when we'll get our special balls and use them to randomly select three categories and only those scores will be added to the final reckoning. Yeah. With the winner taking its place on the trailer Top Trump's table of triumph. I'm so glad I give you that line. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's see if this week's trailers are trailer flash or trailer trash. It's time for Trailer Top Trump's. first category we're going to look at today is the plot and the director. Gazadee, what you got for me? Okay, so The Aeronauts. This is a biographical adventure film. It's about a famed meteorologist and a daredevil pilot that take to the skies aboard a gas-powered balloon in a search for knowledge about the weather. However, their quest for this information turns into an epic battle for survival. Let's roll VT. I believe there are answers in the sky. Up there is where I have found the greatest happiness. Gentlemen, to predict the weather could save hundreds of thousands of lives. We are scientists, not fortune tellers. You'll get your chance. They'll realize your worth. I think they know my worth quite well enough. Prove them wrong, James. I'm a really good aeronaut. I want to use what I'm good at. Women don't belong in balloons. And she makes such a show of herself. Miss Wren, I need to make studies of the air. I'm not a coachman for hire. You are the only person who could fly us higher than anyone has ever been. So will you? Begins. Don't you wish to be up there with them? Some reach for the stars. Some push others towards them. We're about to get wet. Is this balloon not the strongest it's ever been? Even so, it can't fight the weather. Oh, God! I have a feeling they're not coming back. We're travelling into an unknown. 
stay alive. Okay, so there you go, right off the bat, what, what, what are your thoughts on the trailer? Hmm. I think it's an interesting story. I think it looks fantastic. Mm. I think the, uh, the look of the film is, is great. I mean, it's got top talent in it. Yeah, exactly. So straight off the bat, I'm intrigued, I think. And it's a story that we've never really seen before. Exactly, yeah. Right? I mean, I don't recall any hot air balloon films. Well, I've been doing a bit of research, actually, now you mention it. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've got The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, you've also got Phileas Fogg and his 80 Days Around the World and Night Crossing, which I've not seen with John Hurt. Adventures of Baron Munchausen. I'm sure there was a hot air balloon in that. Oh. I could be wrong. Let me know in the comments. But it's just sparked into my mind now, so yeah, who knows. But yeah, it's, it's a totally different kind of story to tell, really, isn't it? And that's what I like about it. And for me, I always give bonus points if it's a true... Yeah. Based on sure. true events and... yeah. And he's an interesting choice of director as well. It's a chap mm. called Tom Harper. He's done a lot of TV work. Yeah. And just recently he's done a period piece, War, War and Peace. Yeah. I starring uh, Lily James. So, and this is a period piece as well. Yeah. So he has kind of got that pedigree. He's also done a fair amount. I think it was four or five episodes of Peaky Blinders. Okay. So again, a period piece. So yeah. although not used to the big screen in some respects, mm. I think it, it is an interesting choice of director. Yeah. I really want to see how he goes about yeah. pulling this together. So I see I think that's why it, immediately I thought, oh it looks nice. Yeah. Because when you when you're talking about that pedigree, I mean War and Peace look fantastic. And the lighting on Peaky Blinders mm. is outstanding and I'm sure we'll probably get to yeah. those things later on. But uh, but yeah immediately I think I'm intrigued. And for me, when I first saw it, I kind of got a um, Master and Commander vibe about it. You know, the Russell Crowe kind of yeah, epic. It was yeah. set in the same era, but we're just kind of substituting the sea for, for, the, air. for the air. And I mean, in both scenarios, if, it, if this goes wrong, you're in trouble, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so as a summary, in terms of a score, I've gone for a seven. I think it's, it's an intriguing story, not something mm. we've seen. And um, it does, as a plot, it grabs my intrigue. I think I would have bumped you to maybe an eight just because really? it's something that we, we don't really see a lot of. Okay. Like it's, it's such an original plot, really. I mean, and with it being a true story, I mean, if you want to have a spoiler, you can go and look for the history of what happened. But I say don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't, know the, I don't know what happened. I'm not that au fait with the history of this. So I'm really excited about it. Mm. And I think, I think I would have given you an eight for that. I could be talked up. That's fine by me. I think you should take the snowman. <laughs> Real. I'll take that. That's your first snowman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, the, the weather has changed, hasn't it? So I think <laughs> the UK might be dusty with snow pretty soon. soon. <laughs> okay. okay. Shall we move on? Yes, please. Okay, so the trailer I'm going to take a look at is Midway. Now, Midway centers around the Battle of Midway in 1942, which took place between the Japanese Navy and the American fleet and marked a pivotal turning point in the Pacific theater during World War II. It tells the story of uh, 
the soldiers and the leaders involved in the conflict and how they use their um, fortitude, their bravery and their intelligence to overcome the odds. Let's take a look at the trailer. Where's this kid? He didn't think he could cut it. I figured it was just the usual jitters. I take him under my wing. He was wanting to be scared. Harbor is the greatest intelligence failure in American history. This can never happen again. I want to make it right. At least some of the boys still want to fight. The Japanese are planning something bigger. So what's the target? We believe it's Midway. Washington disagrees. Washington is wrong. If we lose, then Japanese own the West Coast. Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles. We'll burn. We got the order to launch. We need to throw a punch so they know what it feels like to be hit. We're talking about a couple dozen planes. It's all Japanese fleet. This isn't a fair fight. I don't know how to lead these men. They'll follow you anywhere. If you know that you came through, when people are counting on you, you'll be able to face anything. Okay, so that was a look at Midway, and Gaff, first impressions, what are you saying? We've got planes, we've got explosions, we've got crash bang wall up. Yeah. But what I want to know, is it Midway between <laughs> 1 and 10 for you? <laughs> wow. wow, I don't know how I can follow that. <laughs> so yeah, so in terms of the plot, we've got a true war story. Now, if you're like me, you love a good mm. war story. I've grown up on heroes of the First and Second World Wars, reading all kinds of different books and things like that. So this this really appeals to me from the off. Um, in some ways, I'm not overly chuffed about the look mm. of the film, and I'll kind of get onto that a bit later on. I think, uh, like you mentioned there, you've got planes, flames, crash, bang, wallop, <laughs> and all that kind of thing. And I think Whenever these stories are told, it's always the human element that appeals to me. And I just hope that we don't lose that element yeah. in all the hoorah of the special effects. So I'm reserving judgment on it for now. Okay. But um, but I, like you said, I do, I do like the sound of it. I love the fact that it's a true story. 
Um, if you're familiar with the Battle of Midway, it's an incredible story. Mm. And um, one I'm surprised that, I mean, I don't know if it's been told before in film. I'm not sure. But um, one, I'd be surprised if it hasn't. I think it has. I think there yeah. was a, a Charlton Heston film. Ah, yes, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So, so yeah, so true story. An intriguing characters, obviously, because we know they existed. Uh, you're dealing with um, a lot of war heroes in this one, you know, uh, decorated men. Mm. Uh, and I think um, I'm excited by it. Yeah, but like I say, I just worry about the human element being lost in all the biff, bam, boom. <laughs> <laughs> so the director... Do you want to touch on that just because I, I do think... want to touch on the director, yeah? Because speaking of Biff Bamboo, exactly, you're talking one of the major sort of pro proponents or proponents, whatever the word is, of Biff Bamboo, Roland Emmerich. Now we'll know him from films such as The Day After Tomorrow, uh, 2012, 10,000 BC, but one of the most Biff Bamboomy of them all, Independence Day. Yeah. Now I love Independence Day. Do you? I do, yeah, it really good. I've been a big really fan. Good. Come out in 1996, I remember, I think I remember um, pulling a sickie off school once and watching it. And, uh, and I, was, I was well enough to go to Chippy <laughs> for some chips and curry to then watch Independence Day. So, sorry, Mum, I couldn't have been that bad. But, um, yeah, so he's, he's, a, he's known for his effect-driven films. And um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not I'm not having a pop at him or yeah. anything. Like that. I think his films are, are great for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Twenty twelve was a bit ropey, uh, but he's done Stargate, Universal Soldier, Godzilla, he's, Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, he's done some classics, and he did one of my favorite Mel Gibson films, The Patriot. Yeah, really good. Mel Gibson, he a young Heath Ledger who's fantastic in it. So um, uh, he's 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 the kind of guy that you you sort of think should be doing this kind of film. But then I think, how is it, how is his style of filmmaking going to match up to say, I mean, if we look recently, for example, uh, Dunkirk. Yeah, definitely. You know, something like that, like a Christopher Nolan. But the problem we always get with these films from this era is they're always going to have the comparison to the, the benchmarks, as we'll call them, in, in this genre, such as Saving Private Ryan. You know, I mean, how can you even begin to think I'm going to make a war film mm. without Saving Private Ryan popping into yeah, your head definitely. now you know such is the sort of effect and the uh, lasting impression left by the initial battle scene on the landings at D-Day uh, Janusz Kaminski is the cinematographer on that one and, and they changed the game you know they changed the game and then moving further on and, and linked up to Saving Private Ryan you get Band of Brothers uh, which for me is probably in terms of TV drama, I think it's the best thing I've ever seen on TV. Mm. In terms of the TV drama, it's probably my favourite. But like I said, this genre does, I do gravitate towards it because I like it. Yeah, and what you're saying, those types of things have nailed that balance between the, the action scenes Indeed. and the characters, which is so yeah. important. Yeah, the human element. I mean, the, the film you'll probably get the most comparisons drawn to this one is Pearl Harbor. Uh, which was a Michael Bay's film back in 2001. Mm. Now, um, I can understand that, especially when you look at it from the outset and you look at how it looks. It's very, very glossy, this look, this film. And I'll get to that again a bit later as well. Um, but Pearl Harbor, was it was slated by critics, mm. but it was, a, it was a box office success. It did really well. It did 450 million at the box office, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. You know, it, it's that's not a small amount. And it also won an Oscar for sound editing, so... It was overall a success, but it did get panned. Mm. And I can understand why. And 
that leads me to worry that this could edge the same way. Yeah. You know, um, I hope it doesn't. But like you said, the, 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 the films and TV series that we've previously mentioned that um, seem to be universally loved in this genre yeah. always attach themselves to the human element. So I really hope that Midway doesn't lose that. Okay, so in terms of a score, what are you going for? In terms of a score, um, it's a re- I think it's a really difficult one because I love the fact that it's a true story. I love the genre in which this true story sits. Yeah. But I worry for it. Mm. I worry for the plot. I worry that it's going to get carried away uh, sort of in the embellished elements that are bound to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so so for the in terms of that, I'm going to give it a 7. Okay. I'm going to give it a 7. I think that's fair. Yeah. Cuz I think Roland Emmerich deserves you know credible points for it. Because you know we probably everyone loves a film of his. He's done some you know fantastic work. Yeah. Um, whether he's the man for this one, telling this story, I don't know. So it's a seven from me. Okay. Excellent. Should we move on to the next category. Let's do it. Okay. The next category, we're going to take a look at the poster and any marketing for the films. Okay, so yeah, as you say, we're going to look at the poster and marketing. And really, we, what we want to see is a good design from a mm. poster. Is it going to draw people in? Along with the trailer, is it going to make you want to go to the cinema? And I think this is one of those <laughs> weeks where there's not a huge amount to be drawn from the posters, but they're still kind of quite interesting pieces individually, I would yeah. say. And quite similar, mm, yeah, if you I, look at them. Quite I mean, similar. Should we talk about mine first? Go for it, yeah. Yeah, so looking at the poster for Midway... Uh, on first impressions, you think, okay, pretty basic. Two pilots in a plane, loads of fire, mm. war film. Yeah. But I think if you look a bit closer, there may be, and I like, I do like to reach on the posters because I like, <laughs> this is one of the things that gets my loins going. I like to look at something and try and sort of grab a bit of meaning from it or something like that. And when I look at the Midway poster, obviously, like I said, we've got that scene of, total carnage going on there's 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 flames and smoke billowing up mm. from the side from some sort of raging inferno by the looks at it i don't think it's the plane that these gentlemen are attached to mm. personally it doesn't look like it is but um but what what i did get from this poster is it seemed to me to be sort of indicative of the the two main kinds of character that you'll often see in war films the sort of archetype war characters yeah you've got the guy at the front he looks to me to be your sort of your veteran because mm. he's he's getting out of the plane he's turning his back on the carnage he's seen it all before <laughs> he's not bothered you know what i mean he's, he seemed they seem to be quite casual in the plane yeah. uh, so he's getting out of this plane he seems like uh seen it all before he's, he's been there done that and then you've got his his uh colleague slash partner whatever you want to call him but in the in the rear is whether he's his nav man or his rear gunner i'm not sure but he's in the back of the plane and he is eyes fixed on the sort of unseen carnage that we can't can't see, the chaos that's ensuing sort of out of frame. So I think he's your kind of, your green newcomer, as you, right. as you want to say, you know, your rookie. Mm. And that that's kind of what I, I, and I honestly, without even reaching for it, I did think that off a bat. 
Right. Right off the bat, I thought, oh, okay, it looks like he's a bit of a wily veteran. He's a green newcomer. He's kind of wide-eyed and, you know, maybe scared or fearing the sort of consequence of this scenario that he's now found himself in, which I'm sure none of us would want to would no. want to find ourselves in. You know, the war is one of the worst things in the world, <laughs> you know. But uh, but anyway, like I said, not not to get political. Yeah, uh, we don't want to. But um, so yeah, that was the first thing I got from it. I mean, what do you think? Would you agree on that? No, no. What I got from it yeah. is these two chaps have done a pass. Yeah. They've been shot. I thought the yeah. the the smoke was coming from their engine. Yeah. I thought they'd landed back on the aircraft carrier. Yeah. And your veteran, your hero type, is getting out of the getting out. He was finding another plane because he wanted to get straight back oh, up in, back into I, war. I don't think you're right because I don't think it's their plane. <laughs> but I would love it if you were. Yeah. Because I think that's you know, that's really going for it there, guy, isn't it? Like, uh, getting out. I'm going to find another plane. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to get it done. He's going to complete the mission. But no, I'm, um, I, I just doesn't look to me like when you look at that poster, it doesn't look to me like those flames are coming from that plane. Right. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, you know, sort of floating slash dying embers uh, billowing up from the, the, the smoke. It just doesn't look like it's connected to their plane. I think right. it's off. Okay. Yeah, off screen somewhere. Um, another thing that we get from it is you kind of, um, I'll tell you what, oh, an interesting point, actually. This was the first sort of teaser poster yes. that we're looking at. Um, so they did, in terms of marketing for the film, they have kind of um, done a few more as they've gone along. They've done a sort of uh, an ensemble cast piece, which we'll see a lot of all the time. And that's what we're going back to what we were saying earlier. You see a lot of those kinds of posters yeah. in some weeks it'll be like that. Um, but um, with this one, they released that teaser poster on the 77th anniversary of the battle. Uh, and they and then they released a trailer, I think, a couple of days later. So yeah. it was quite a nice bit of poignant marketing, really, which you don't often get with with film, um, especially on, on, on this scale. I mean, mm. I think you do have to treat the subject matter with a lot of sensitivity. I think so. Uh, and I think um, when you look at the trailer and you look at this poster, they seem like they're at opposite ends of the spectrum to me. I think this poster looks like um, it's quite emotive, Mm. I think it is thin on detail, but I th I do find it quite emotive. Um, I find it quite subtle because mm. I think some of the criticisms or comments that Emmerich's going to have is this is just going to be an action film. Yeah. But the first poster is concentrating on those characters. And like you say, I think yeah. it, you have to have a sensitive nature of how, the, mm. how these films are put together. Mm. And you may touch on this, but I think with him putting the director of Independence Day and the Patriots, which I think is more of yeah, a character sure. piece. I know it's sure. based yeah. um, in terms of a war film as mm. well, but it's kind of giving you, yeah, it's going to be out of action, but also we are searching, we are trying to give yeah. you that character piece I think, as well. I think what they're doing there as well is like you say, they're covering the bases. So they're saying, right, Independence Day, massive action, special effects, the Patriot historical epic. Yeah. And this is going to be a mix of those two genres, isn't it? You know, so I think, uh, yeah, you're right on that one. I think that's exactly why mm. they've gone with it because the Patriot isn't one of his more well-known films. It's not. No. You know, they could have gone. I probably say his Independence Day, obviously, and probably the day after tomorrow, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so yeah. But going going back going back to the poster, with, we've um, in, and in terms of the marketing, so they did the release on the 77th anniversary. And what they also they've done is they've done some really nice um, of the cast now, uh, like wartime portraits, yeah, like posters. And if if you have a look on the Midway uh, official website, they're on there and they look fantastic. They look really good, especially um, Luke Evans, who we'll get to, 
he he just looks fantastic as the character he's playing. But um, but yeah, so they've done a bit of sort of uh, it's not over the top marketing. Yeah. Like I say, I find this poster, like you said, quite subtle. I quite like that. I don't get that from the trailer, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So I hope that doesn't get lost. But uh, we shall we shall see. Then we've got the uh, tagline on there as well, which is uh, "One battle turned the tide of war," which is again it's emotive. It gets mm. people like thinking, "Oh wow, you know this is this is going to be a biggie. This is a big battle. This is one of the most pivotal battles in the history of World War Two." And and it is of oh, course. Yeah, but I always find taglines like that almost they. They take away from the other battles, mm. if you know what I mean. And if you're into it, if you if you if you love reading about World War Two and World War One, and like I said, I don't like war, but I like reading about it. Yeah, I love the stories from it, especially like I said, the human element. Um, it almost seems like it detracts from the achievements of the other arenas of battle, of like yeah. the European <laughs> arena and all that kind of thing. And so, so I don't know. I mean, you've, I, I suppose you've got to have it. You've got to have it. Uh, I guess it's just my gripe that I think you know, so many people gave up everything. Exactly. That, yeah. That you know, it wasn't just these fellas who were obviously again heroes themselves. I'm not saying they're not. Mm. I'm just saying that there's kind. Of, and, I, and I bet the veterans themselves would be the first to recognise it. They say, well, you know, we we did help the yeah. war, but all our pals in the in other all over the other areas of the world did the same. So um, so in terms of a score. I've given it, I think, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. A seven, because I like the subtlety. I like the fact that it does seem like a character piece uh, in the original teaser. Consequently, the trailer doesn't look like it will be that. But we're not going on that. We're going on the poster here. So I think, yeah, a, a good solid seven from me. Yeah, good. What would you say? Would you agree with that? I would. I would agree with a seven, yeah. 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 Okay. We'll take a seven. Right, should we take a look at Gaz's poster now, which is what, Gaz? It's simply a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's actually quite effective on what they've done here. Yeah. It is simple. And like I say, it's a hot air balloon, which is placed central in the poster. But yeah. you've got kind of foreboding dark clouds yeah. moving in to these guys, a kind of an ominous type. Yeah. Mm, this ain't going to be great. And also... They're not just stood in, in the basket in the hot air balloon. There's one person, one individual kind of hanging on for dear life where the yeah. other person's trying to pull them back on. So this yeah. isn't Phileas Fogg waving when he's going <laughs> on his 80 days around the world. This is flipping heck. We might be in trouble here. Well, the thing is, though, I mean, if it w- were it not for the person hanging out in obvious peril, mm. um, I'd be thinking to myself, well, guy, you're being a bit... Glass half empty there because it could be a break in the clouds, couldn't it? Could you be. know, it could be that they're sailing through to blue skies now. They've just come back yeah. through the crappy bit, but no, with someone hanging off, literally for dear life. I think that's yeah. it's more indicative of the fact that they, it's it's gonna go uh, belly up. <laughs> but I mean, other than that, I've not got too much to say about it. I mean, mm. it's got kind of based on true events, and I think that's the t- trying to really say. This obviously look at look at these guys and yeah. they went out on the on a quest for knowledge, but they were obvious that it was going to potentially gonna go awry because mm. in order to understand the weather, they've got to fly through these storms. Yeah. That is one of their main objectives to go yeah. and understand about it. So And this is this isn't Richard Branson. This isn't one of these like, you know, incredible like space pod exactly uh, yeah. air balloons, is it? It's a 
an old school one with a basket and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it. Exactly. And it's kind of one of those things where you look back now and you think, it's just a hot air balloon. What? Yeah. Why is it so important? But back yeah. in the day, I mean, there wasn't many modes of transport. And yeah. Going off, it was, yeah, these 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 pair are going. We're probably not going to see them again. You ever been in a hot air balloon? No, have you? No, no, I don't think I would. No. I don't think I would. Don't if you've been in a hot air balloon, <laughs> tell us if it's terrifying or not in the comments and maybe we'll eventually go in one. I don't yeah. know. But I've never been in one. I don't fancy um, putting my life in the hands of wicker. Yeah, exactly. Are they still made of wicker? I think they are. Well... Now I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But I don't. Whatever. I don't fancy putting my life in the in the basket. Yeah. To be honest, but um, you know, because then who'd do this? <laughs> I could find someone. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But um, so yeah. I mean, my first impression of it was it does look quite cool. Like you say, I think the clouds add an interesting sort of element to it, and quite similar to the the midway one in a way, in that you've got that kind of smoke slash cloud sort of yeah. forming the shape in the in the main area of the frame but um it just it just seems a just a bit bland even the font i think is a bit boring <laughs> you know what i mean and i know the midway font i didn't even talk about it but um even for this the aeronaut it's quite i think it's quite an exciting yeah. title you know what i mean it, it, it almost sort of uh it almost sounds like a kids' film, doesn't it, or a kids' cartoon? So it, should, it just doesn't have it. Should have a bit more impact for me, yeah. I think. But having said that, I'd probably whinge if they use some fancy font and I'd say, "Oh, well, I don't know why they've done such a fancy font. They should have kept it simple." <laughs> so you can't win with me anyway. But um, I don't know. And the thing is, I've not really seen any other marketing other than the trailer yeah. and the posters. Kind of for the people that have got any, I, I don't think it's a, a cheap undertaking. No. I'm surprised. I've, I've not even seen it advertised on TV or when no. I've been to the, the cinema any trailers in front of yeah. other films that I've seen. So it seems yeah. a little bit it, odd to me. They, they've gone with the award-winning credentials of the, the two stars haven't yeah. they, on, on the poster. I mean, um, and I'm a, I am a big fan of, of Eddie Redmayne. I think he's yeah. amazing. You know, he's a really, really good actor. But I think... Um, Again, he, he's almost sort of drops under the radar, though, doesn't he? Even given his status as an Oscar winner, yeah. he still sort of flies below, doesn't he? He's never kind of in the, the media or anything like that. I think he's, a, you know, he's never up to any mischief or anything. So, And that's credit to him, of course. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, I don't know. A bit bland for me. Yeah, I can't bit really. Bland. I, I don't want to dwell too much on it, if no, I'm honest. When, when the, one of the first things you notice is the Amazon original bit, you know it's going to be pretty bland, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and kind of, if, you, if you're looking in terms of importance, putting Amazon original right at the top, are they mm. saying that is the most important thing? Mm. Well, they are in a bit of a battle at the minute, aren't they, the, between them and Netflix to say who's doing the most sort of original films and who's, who's oh, sorry, I don't mean original in that respect, I mean kind of their own content, who's, yeah. who's producing most of their own own things and giving them theatrical releases because obviously they have to give them theatrical releases because otherwise you don't qualify for awards and things like yeah. that um <clears throat> so um yeah I think, I think it's a bit but like you said in terms of it's going to be a, a bigger battle now i mean mm. hulu's big in america we don't really get that yeah. over here but with the disney plus streaming service there's going to mm. be so many things that yeah. to watch so i think they're trying to put a, a kind of stake in the ground to say yeah. we do that i know for the UK and for America, Netflix, I think, is is dominating that in terms of the original content we've made. Yeah. This. They seem to be really pushing that. And I think yeah. Amazon have gone, 
we need to before all these other platforms really get a hold of that market share we've yeah. got to try and keep get a strangle on it exactly yeah yeah so in terms of a score then what are you going to go with five five straight down the middle i'd i'd, I'd probably agree yeah. but i do like it i do like the poster because I, I just think it looks nice yeah but that's not enough is it oh doesn't that look nice i just go <laughs> past and i go oh, that looks nice yeah. And then I wouldn't go and see the film. Exactly. You know, I'd probably go and see, um, I don't know, whatever's next to it, Maleficent 2 or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, something with a, a, a good poster, like Black and Blue. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah. You know, that was a good, solid poster that we reviewed last week. So, yeah. okay, so five. It's just middle of the road, bud, isn't it? Mm. And we'll get a lot of that. We'll get a lot of middle of the road, won't we? we you know, not everyone, not every film's going to have some incredible designer on the post you know just to, to satisfy us yeah so all right well let's move on to the next category the next category we're going to take a look at the cast and the characters right let's take a look at the cast and characters for the aeronauts gazadi hit me so Don't compare <laughs> just tell me about the characters well compared to your film yeah I've not got as many characters by far mm. however but who who the people who are in it mm. are really solid really good more yeah. better than solid really good yeah I would agree we've got obviously Eddie Redmayne as you, as you said he's he's an Oscar winner for The Theory of Everything yeah he was also nominated for The Danish Girl yeah and a lot of our younger fans Oh, like younger viewers will know him from the Fantastic Beasts film, Newt Scamander. Yeah. That's obviously in the uh, the Harry Potter world. Yeah. And he plays the chap called James Glacier, who is a real person. As we mm. said, this is based on true events. But in fact, yeah. he's the only real person in it. All right, okay. So he was the one of the founding members of the uh, Society of Meteorologists yeah. and um, something like the the Aeronaut Society of Great Britain, one of the founding members. And right. I think, like he kind of says in the in the trailer itself, he was super interested in understanding weather, so he could kind of protect people against floods yeah. via rain and, and winds yeah. and stuff like that. So, as I say, based a, a real person. Mm. I think what is being depicted in this is his world record achievement right. where he went up with his pal, which I think was Henry Tracy Coxwell. Right. So not the Felicity Jones character. Now, he, this Coxwell chap was the, the guy who co-piloted all of his, or the vast mm. majority of his um, attempts. And they got up to, well, the, the last reading that they took was 8,800 metres. Yeah. And then he passed out. But right. people reckon that he went almost 35,000 feet. Like, I think that's what commercial jets get you, don't they? Commercial planes. They only think that because they took a pigeon up with them yeah. and it died. So it's like that is the kind of uh, height that... I thought you were going to say he told them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pigeon Street. <laughs> so it, in that respect, I think it's quite interesting. So yeah, going on to the Felicity Jones character. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm confused now. Not a real person. Mm. So it's uh, the character is Amelia Wren. Now it is based on the Coxwell person yeah. in real life, but also there was a number of kind of female aeronauts at that time, and they've right. amalgamated it into this character. 
So that way, it's kind of based on true events, but this character didn't exist. I think that'll put people off. I think that'll put a lot of people off. I know what you're saying. It's, it's, it's sullied it a little bit for me, because in the trailer, she's kind of the main focus of everything. Yeah. That she's this, you know, um, really interesting character who now we, re now we find didn't really exist. So it is, in some ways, embellished this story. You know, you are going to get that, but... <clears throat> As you say, this this is not a real person. However, based mm. largely on, on real people. And I can see why they've done it, because there were so many kind of female aeronauts at the time vying for this, this type of role, but they weren't really given the chance because, mm. as ever, it's kind of a male-dominated arena, and they didn't allow it. They wanted... They wanted yeah, yeah, I can it, understand so. that. I can understand that. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm all for girl power, but I don't understand why they've done this thing. Yeah. Why not just go with... Coxwell. I think for the wider audience, I don't think they're going to know. I don't think they're going to realise. No, realize. no, they won't. They won't. But if you do read into it, I mean, I didn't know. I assumed all of the people mm. in it were, yeah. were real people, but they're not. Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing you find out after the fact, isn't it? But yeah, uh, but yeah even so, I think it's... Um, I'm not disappointed with it. Yeah. I mean, I think she's great anyway, Felicity. I think she's a fantastic actress. And obviously, they work together in the theory of everything, didn't they? Exactly, but well, she got nominated again for mm. an Oscar. Um also known for Rogue One. Yeah, great. Star one one of the best Star Wars in, films in the franchise, mm. I'd say. Great ending. Yeah, really I mean, we, we love the ending. We love the, the Vader Rogue One scene, don't we? We, yeah. we sort of try to replicate it a little bit <laughs> in the prelude, just have a little nod to it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of her work. Yeah. I just... Um, I, can't, I can't... I'm quite... You've, you've, you've <laughs> knocked me... Knocked me bandy, Gaff. You've knocked me bandy with that. What I thought, though, because his co-pilot is called Henry Tracy Coxwell, why did they just call her Tracy Coxwell? <clears throat> it sounds like something out of the viz. Mm, maybe, but I mean, that's, that's what the person's called, so... <laughs> it does sound like something out of the viz magazine, I'll yeah. be honest. But uh, if you've not read viz, uh, depending on your age, don't. <laughs> But uh, it's very funny. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, um, anyone well, else? So the only other real person of note is Himish Patel, who's been seen recently in the um, kind of the Beatles-themed film yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I've not seen yet, which I'm surprised, because my yeah. wife loves the Beatles. So yeah, I've not, I've not seen it, actually, to be honest. I've not There's seen been it. quite a lot of mu um, yeah. music-based movies recently, yeah. hasn't there, with Rocket Man yeah. and the Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. But yeah. He plays a chap called John True. Right. However, it's not true. He's not true. No, because he's made up as well. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> oh, my God. We might as well stop. I think we stopped this episode here. I can't, can't believe this. Kind of based on true events. I've got to go back and redo the intro because it's not true. No. <laughs> but there you go. But in, I mean, in terms of acting ability, I yeah. think these guys are fantastic. A really, yeah, they are. Really yeah. great yeah, cast. And the characters, although not all true I One think is. <laughs> yeah but his role in weather forecasting yeah it's kind of it kind of changed the landscape in that so yeah. as a score I'm going for a seven I think if all the people were real mm. I would have mm. gone for an eight but because yeah. of that I've gone for a seven yeah I mean it's on on the cast alone on on just those three names I mean like I said Himesh Patel is yes he's pretty young in the game isn't he I suppose he was in EastEnders, wasn't he? He was, yeah. In EastEnders. Yeah, so, you know, 
I think it's a rock solid cast. I mean, mm. I like, I really like Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, I do. If you've not seen any of the films we've mentioned, The Theory of Everything, The Danish Girl, that are kind of, I mean, those two are his main, his main ones. He's in, uh, unbelievable in them. So good. Unbelievable. So, good. so and, committed to that role. Yeah. Really good. Uh, and obviously he's used to playing real people. So, you know, he, he I think he dives right down into mm. their sort of character, into their, who they were as a person. I think he does a lot of research. I mean, I think you have to, to to portray someone on the with the level of accuracy that he's done with, say, Stephen Hawking, for yeah. example. I think you have to go into that at that yeah. level of research. But um, but yeah, I'd agree with you, Seven, actually. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay. Okay. Now you've got 104 people to go through in your cast. 104. <laughs> <laughs> it's safe to assume that it is what we would call an ensemble cast. And led, um, and quite surprisingly for an ensemble cast piece, by a, a relative unknown, really, in Ed Screen. Is it Screen Screen? How would you oh, pronounce it? I don't know. I don't know. But Ed, if you want to tell us, leave it in the comments below. You won't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, but yeah, led by Ed Screen, who we'll know from um, Deadpool. He's, yeah. he's Ajax yeah. in Deadpool. And he's also, I mean, he's, he's got a busy period right now, Ed, because he's in Maleficent 2. Exactly, yeah. uh, Mistress of Evil. I hate doing that. You know that. <laughs> I, what what I mean there is I really hate it when they call something Maleficent something and then something something. Just call it Maleficent too. Anyway, so yeah, he's a busy boy at the minute, Ed. Um, I really like him. Mm, I do. As an actor. I find him, I think he's he's pretty charismatic. I think uh, he's, a, he's a Londoner and he's got that sort of um, geezer charm about him, yeah. isn't he? You know? so, um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what, what he does in this. He plays a character called um, Richard Dick. Best, who's a lieutenant um, <clears throat> in the U.S. Um, Navy, and the kind of the when you look at the trailer, it, it kind of begins to sort of start. It's sort of, he's the sort of the, the he's the backbone that goes right yeah, through yeah. it, isn't he? I suppose he, it start, it start, starts on him, and then kind of we get this uh, in the same way that the effects hit us like a truck. We get the amount of cast members hitting us like a truck uh, as the trailer goes on, but. Um, I'm intrigued to see what he does with the character. I'm really pleased he's getting a kind of a lead role. Whether you can call it that in such an ensemble cast, I don't know. I but would, I would, because like <clears throat> you say, through the trailer, I think he's gonna, he is leading it. Yeah, he is for sure. Yeah, and um, he has some um, uh, some nice sort of the the start. I mean, like you say, you, I I feel like it's a character piece from the start of the trailer because you you get him lying in the bed and he's talking about um, you know, when he he, he took a another sort of a rookie mm. under his wing and that he was a right to be scared and all this kind of thing and 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 they mix that with the the sound of the the explosions and all this after right after he says he was right yeah. to be scared and blah blah. But we'll get we'll get to that. But um, but yeah, in alongside Ed, you've got Woody Harrelson who is a legend in the game, three yeah, Oscar nominations. I mean, he was Woody in Cheers. He's in Kingpin. Yeah. Uh, Money Train. You ever seen Money Train? Really good. Yeah, yeah. The train is coming, baby. <laughs> the train is coming now. <laughs> Slightly sullied now. What are you talking about? <laughs> so Woody Harrelson, he plays uh, Chester uh, Nimitz, I think it is, who was the sort of uh, commander-in-chief of the Pacific Fleet at the time, so obviously a very pivotal character and a, a major influence in, in World War Two in terms of um, strategy and all that kind of thing. Uh, we've also got Patrick Wilson, who we know from, I like him in Watchmen. 
He's yeah, the Night Owl in Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. He's in the TV series Girls, and he's also a King Orm mm. in Aquaman. Yeah. And he plays Edwin Layton, who was a sort of intelligence officer who's one of the people credited with predicting that the Japanese would attack mm. midway when people back in Washington were telling them it was going to be elsewhere, etc., yeah. etc. Et so, <clears throat> again, you've got this sort of constant attack when you look at the trailer you've got this constant attack of characters coming at your left right and center haven't you and i think um it's hard to sort of decipher who's doing what yeah as you go along would you say i agree I tell you what worries me a little bit is the sheer volume of people in this film are they all gonna have enough to do i know what you're saying but do you have someone like dennis quaid and give them nothing to do yeah so brings me on to Dennis Quaid. He's in it. He plays a admirable. Ad, I can't say it. Admiral Bull Halsey. <laughs> now, um, who doesn't love Dennis Quaid? You love Dennis Quaid. Oh, I do. Really good. Inner Space. My favorite, I think. Really? Inner Space. Yeah. My favorite is Wyatt Earp. Mm. I'd say it's a Kevin Costner film, but he plays Doc Holliday in Wyatt Earp, and it's just it's absolutely fantastic. And the soundtrack, uh, James Newton Howard. If you've not heard it, please have a listen to it. It's incredible. So yeah, Dennis Quaid's in it. You love him in Jaws 3D as well, don't you? What? Jaws 3D. No such film. It was never made. <laughs> he doesn't. He will not abide the sequels to Jaws. So don't ever mention him to him. Uh, the next person I'll talk about in the cast is Luke Evans, who plays Clarence Wade McCluskey. I like Luke Evans, not just because he's a Welshman. We're a proud Welshman, aren't we, bud? But because he's brilliant in everything. Yeah, good. Really. I like him as Bard the Bowman in the Hobbit series. Uh, so does my little boy. And we love the way Smaug says, Bowman. I love that. Um, he's great as Gaston. Oh. In Beauty and the Beast, isn't he? I'll tell you something. Go on. Something I noticed after watching that. No one's as quick as Gaston. No one's as God. slick as Gaston. <laughs> as thick as Gaston's. What is it? His neck. His neck. Okay. Leave that there. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, then we've got Mandy Moore. Mm. who's known more of, as a singer, a uh, pop star you know, a few years ago, but now is sort of a fully-fledged actress. And she's re- I think she's really good. Yeah, I hear Mandy Moore good. almost on a daily basis because my girls love Tangled, where she plays Rapunzel. Of course, yeah. Absolutely loves it. So she's, she's good, isn't she? Yeah. You know, she is, I think. Uh, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see how big her role is in it. Uh, she plays Anne Best, the wife of Lieutenant uh, Richard Dick Best, um, the uh, character played by Ed Screen, Scrine, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> I tell you what, I do notice is the best. The characters in some of these are all called like like Dick Winters. Yeah, Dick Best. It's a good name, isn't it? It's a good solid name back in the in the World War Two times. Dick. Yeah, Richard, good name. I think Bring to get into like the Navy or the Armed Forces, you have to have good eyesight and a really good name. Good name, solid in. name. Uh, speaking of good names, we've got Aaron Eckhart mm-hmm. next. Uh, we know him mostly from um, the Dark Knight. He is uh, Harvey Dent. Yeah. And he's, again, he's in I, Frankenstein. He's in some good films, you know. He's um, a good actor. He's in Sully. Yeah, plays opposite um, so, Tom so, Hanks. Yeah, and a, and a really good actor. And when you're talking about him being... I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying he's he's not as valued in the cast as some of the others, but uh, it's just the, the order that I'm read, talking about him in. Yeah. But um, when you get into him at, like, number seven or something, <laughs> you know you've got a big cast, don't you? Uh, then we've got um, Nick Jonas... I'm intrigued to see. I mean, he's. I think the poor lad is known mostly now as being a sort of guitar fail meme. There's a clip of him on the internet, um, you know, on a live awards show or something, just completely ham-fisting a guitar solo. And I really feel for him 
when he does it. So, um, but he carries on like a pro, you know. He's a pro, isn't he? Yeah, and I'm intrigued to see if he has that Harry Styles effect that Dunkirk had. I was just about to say, I, I didn't know whether that was a bit of a Marx employ to, to kind of play on that. Oh, we had Harry mm. over here and Dunkirk. Let's get mm. Nick Jonas over here. I don't uh, know. I, I'm, I, there's a good, a good documentary about him and his brothers on on Amazon, and it's really worth a watch. They're interesting characters. He's a talented guy. Yeah, you know, he is a talented guy, and they're decent, decent lads. And um, and I really hope he's good in it. There's one bit in the trailer that annoys me with him in it, and I'll talk about that afterwards. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him in it. You know, just why not? Yeah. You know, I mean, how snobbish would it be if we said no, Nick Jonas can't be in it. He's a pop star. You know, we can't do that. Um, what if we said that about Lady Gaga, for example? Exactly. Star is yeah, born. Yeah. You know, what if we, there's probably a million examples. If you can think of more pop star examples, stick them in the comments. Yeah. But um, uh, after that, someone I want to give special mention to now. There's a load of other casts, but I'm going to just end it on this. Is Darren Chris? Now he started off in Glee, which is where you might know him from, but uh, he's also in American Crime Story: The Assassination of Gianni Versace, yeah. and he is in. Incredible, isn't it? Like, unbelievable. He plays Andrew Cunanan, or Cunanan, whatever his name is, yeah. who was the serial killer uh, who was responsible for murdering Versace, but he's unbelievable as, as him. Yeah. I mean, really, really amazing. I agree. So, yeah. um, Such a strong performance. Mm. I'm surprised, well, I suppose it's early days after that, but I'm surprised mm. he's not got more things where... Yeah, I, I need yeah. to check his filmography, what he's got in development, but I yeah. think he's going to be a star. I really do. Yeah, I do. I do, because he's a good-looking lad, mm. and he's a bloody good actor. Yeah. So I think um, big things to come from him. So on that end note, in terms of big things, I'm going to go with a big old eight for my cast. What do you think? Could be a nine. Could be a nine. Do you think? I don't think it's strong enough for a nine. I think, obviously, you've got amazing actors in there, but I think for a nine... There's got to be a bit more awards gravitas. I mean, the ones that the cast are Harrelson got but, three noms. I know he did, but um, just him, mm. you know. Luke's That's... nailed on. He'll get a, he'll get an Oscar. Do you reckon? Definitely. Not yeah. not for this, but <laughs> in the future, I think Hopefully. he will. Hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, you know that'd be a proud moment for Wales. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a solid eight for me, um, and I think I'm going to stick with that. I don't think you'll talk me up. No. No, we talk me down. No, no, no way, no way. <laughs> okay, move us on to the next category, guy. Yeah, so we're going on to cinematography. Okay, so the cinematography category, probably our favourite, I would think. Yeah, I would say so. And really, this is the the look and feel. What? How is how is it shot? Kind of using. F- Framing, location, special effects, all that good, fun, creative stuff. Everything that goes into your eyeballs, I guess. Hmm. Indeed, yeah. So, so midway, go on. Is it shot well? Well, it, I think every everything nowadays is kind of shot well, isn't it? But I guess it's to the whether you like the style or not. And I'm not sure whether I do on this. Mm, okay. I'm, um, I'm mixed. Let's say obviously it's VFX heavy, yeah. And there'll be some some sh- that, like, but there are some shots that are like I do particularly like at the beginning of the trailer, for example, where you see the uh, the warship sailing off the distance and you can see the rising sun in the background there, yeah. and then you immediately cut to an American flag blowing in the wind, and I think that's a nice contrast between the land of the rising sun, 
the US. It sets its stall out, tells you what the film is about right from the off, where this, um, where the the story is playing out. There are, you know, elements that I I really like about it, but um, it, as we've already alluded to, it's VFX heavy, mm. and I just like I said before. I don't want them to lose the human element in the story because that's what these stories are about. They're true stories. We want to, we know that these guys felt certain types of emotion in these scenarios and we want the actors to be able to connect with that. And if everything, if that's all hidden in visual effects, then, you know, we're not going to get it. Yeah. And I think um, it doesn't sit well with me. I, I don't know. I, don't, I usually like this kind of thing. I'm really conflicted on it because because I do I do compare it to yeah. Saving Private Ryan and Flags of Our Fathers, all of these you know the Thin Red Line, all these war films that I love. I'm naturally going to compare it to, and this one just does does seem a bit more popcorn to me, and that's fine. Yeah, you know I think you know um, Emmerich himself, uh, he he's he's sort of, and I'll just paraphrase here. He said in the past about um, you know some of his films. I've not done critically that well but basically what he he, he sort of says is he says but 98% of the audience seem to like it and 2% of yeah. critics don't yeah so that he's kind of all right with that you know yeah, and I then yeah. I can't I can agree with him because what is what who are you making it for at the end of the day you're making it for people to watch and to enjoy yeah. and I'm sure I will enjoy it but I'm just a bit I'm I'm an anarin <laughs> now in, t- in terms of the cinematographer um, it's a guy called Robbie Baumgartner, and this is someone who's kind of worked their way up, like from the very the bottom over the years Big now. Respect, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you look at his IMDb, you were, you've got um, he was best boy on Leon, uh, Luke Besson's film. If you've not seen Leon, wow, yeah. one of the best sort of what would you call it? It's an action film, isn't it? But it's sort of a bit more than that. Yeah. It's a, a drama action film, but it's fantastic. Luke Besson directed. 1994, uh, Jean Reno, a very young Natalie Portman. Yeah. Just a brilliant film and one of the, the best sort of climaxes of any film I think you'll see. Um, but yeah, so he was a best boy on that and then he's worked his way, he's done various camera op jobs on things like 8 Mile and and then he was um, a director of photography on like second unit for Argo, directed by Ben Affleck and yeah. won Oscars, yeah. the, the film did. And now he's here sort of moving his way into... You know, cinematographer and, and director of photography on, on big features, mm. and I think it's great. And, and like I say, it looks it looks fantastic. I'll get onto that because I think it looks too good. But um, first impressions, I don't know. I just don't <laughs> think it fits the style of the story that I think they should be telling. But but that's just my preference, and who, and who am I to say? You know. So what would you say? I've got a theory. I've got a theory. I love a Gazzetti theory. I love now, a Gazzardy theory. From, so, previous to this, yeah. Emmerich's last film was mm-hmm. Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah. And effects heavy again, it had a budget of 175 million. Mm-hmm. This budget is 65 million. Mm. Now, I my theory is the, the film's going to open yeah. with the attack of Pearl Harbor. We're going to have a load. Midway. No, it's going to oh, open with oh, the okay. attack. Sorry, of, Gap. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Attack of Pearl Harbor. Oh, my fault. Because that was kind of the precursor, wasn't sorry, it? But yeah, go on. Then we're going to have a load of character stuff, a load of character-driven story, yeah. and then the stuff that we've seen in the trailer is going to be at the, at the, the end. end. It's going to be the third act. That's what I think. It's a good theory. 
It's a good theory, that. So we'll see. So I think... far off. We have got our mm, kind of... Is it going to be, oh, Crash Bang Wall Up, it's going to be another standard film like Independence Day? Mm. I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be. What do you think about that? I I hope you're right. Obviously, if, if you're right, I get what I want then. Mm. You don't lose all the... The characters in the in the in the visual effects of it all. I just think with with that cast, they're not going to go into it thinking mm. I got such a small part. What's yeah. the point of me being in it? Mm. That's why I think a large chunk will be the story. Don't you think it looks too good though? I mean, you look at those characters, right? I mean, let's if if you were to look at some still photography from from the Pacific yeah. uh, arena of war in World War Two, they don't look like that. <laughs> There's shots there that one of Patrick Wilson where you can see all the makeup on his face. Yeah. And then I'll tell you about the shot that annoyed me, which uh, I was I was talking about with Nick Jonas earlier on. There's a, a, a point in the trailer where we see him in the back, like rear gunning, and he's got no canopy over the top of him and he's not even blowing in the wind. <laughs> he's in the air, firing a gun in a war. Yeah. And he's like, hey. It's like, come on. He's not even being buffeted by a slight breeze. Do you know what I mean? He's, in the, he's above the sea, yeah. in the sky, in an aeroplane. Firing a very big gun, mm. and he's not even. It doesn't even look bothered. Yeah, they look, they mean. look too good. And and my worry is it with that kind of thing is that how can you how can you connect with that? How can you connect with that? I mean, especially I mean, they advertise on the on the actual trailer itself. You know that it's going to be released on Veterans Day and all this kind of thing. I don't think the veterans will connect with it because surely their experience of war. Is not as glossy and as shiny as this film looks. Yeah, I don't surely mean. not. I mean, blood, sweat, and tears is yeah. almost like the perfect. There's not a mucky face on it. <laughs> no, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, the, the, I mean, we're not seeing people coming back from but, mm. from battle, but I know mm. what you mean. They're all very Hollywood that, that actor-like. Does, that does play into your theory, though, as well, in a way. Yeah. That you know, a lot of the, a lot of the action is happening behind behind closed doors and things, and then there's a big hoo-ha at the end. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I just think I will struggle to connect, to connect with it being a war film if people don't look like they're in a war. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Uh, speaking of looking like it's in a war, you've got some really nice um, shots of, you know, um, and they're necessary shots. Whether they're, they're nothing new, but they're aerial shots of all the planes sort of en masse, you know, yeah. flying through the sky. You need that. You know, we've seen it in, in a million things before, but you do need it just to get the scale in which these battles were fought yeah you know so you do need those shots they're nothing new like I said they're like a special effects staple almost I'm sure they probably have a 3D model like you know <laughs> library that they can just go to and pull you know the different planes and whatever whack them in but um, we'll take Dan Busters we'll get our felt tip pens out <laughs> and we'll just colour them in <laughs> yeah so um, so there's some obviously there's, it looks it does look quite nice I think some of the VFX are a bit ropey Going back to what you were saying about budget, yeah. there's a few shots of explosions and fires where you can really see the uh, the smoke in the mirrors. Right, uh, you really, really can. And whether they're they're trade of VFX and they're not final product, I don't know. Maybe. But uh, which you do get quite a lot, which baffles me, because surely you want everything to look fantastic in the trailer. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but uh, yeah, so there's some VFX shots that I'm not that keen on. But um, and my I'll give the score I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a seven because I think that's fair. And the only reason it's not higher is because I really don't think it's the right way to tell these kinds of stories. 
with all the, the VFX and all. Use them, of course. Use them subtly, though. Yeah. I think all the the glitz and the sort of um, the glossiness of it, all the makeup that you can see on these characters, it just doesn't look right. I think seven's high. Do you? Mm. Wow. I think seven's high. I thought I was being sort of just about fair. Really? Mm. It's. I mean. Because I think it's going to look good. I mean, I think the VFX will eventually will look good. We're talking about trailer, bit... aren't we? We're talking trailer mm. rather than what's mm. going to come. Well, you're right. You're right. Um, I I could be argued down because the the thing about people and I don't I really don't think the veterans would connect with it. Looking at the trailer, exactly, that yeah. really bothers me. Yeah, it really bothers me because who are you making this film for, if not to honor these guys? Yeah, you know that should be the first thought in in your head. I'm going to honor the story first. Yeah, and then whatever comes comes, and I think this style and I really like Roland Emmerich. Don't get me wrong, this style I don't think is going to achieve that, and mm. I think it's going to end up getting panned wow we'll see though yeah we'll see so I could be argued down to a six quite uh, easily yeah do you want to? I was thinking five but so if we go with meet in the middle yeah, yeah okay meet midway <laughs> okay so six right six let's talk about the aeronauts mm. I like the plot I like the people who are in it I felt a little bit underwhelmed by the cinematography of the trailer, if I'm honest. Did you? Yeah, I thought... Oh. It's almost like a game of two halves. So, obviously, yeah. the first half of the trailer, they got to establish the plot, and yeah. they're on terra yeah. firma. Yeah. And they want to establish the characters. Obviously, they both feel un, uh, underappreciated, I think. Yeah, yeah, safe to say, isn't it? I think for Felicity um, Jones' character, it's women do not belong in balloons. Mm. So not only was uh, James Glacius underappreciated in his arena, at least he had an arena. Yeah. She was being told, no, you can't be yeah. doing this. You need to stay at home and, and do stuff like that. But yeah. she was like, no, I'm gung-ho, I'm going to go for it. But I was like, kind of, okay, get on with it. Yeah. Get on with it. I mean, they're all kind of standard shots from what I saw in there. Yeah. There's nothing really wowing me or... Although it's a period piece, yeah, and it seems like it's been created well on set. But I was like, all right, come on. I want to see the yeah. the, 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 the balloon. Let's get in the balloon. Yeah. And then they go up in the balloon, and then it kind of dilly-dallies a little bit. Then it's only when the weather kicks in in the last mm. quarter, and we have been known to say, look, they're showing us too much in the trailer. So I'm kind of contradicting myself a little bit, but yeah. it's like... I've watched three quarters of this trailer. Nothing's happened yet. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Because we are always whinging yeah. about there being too much in trailers. Yeah. And we're always whinging about the trailer before the trailer that seems to happen now as well. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that. It's annoying. Let's put this on. Official trailer. Three seconds of the trailer. Yeah. And I think that is one of the things that kind of drew me into thinking there's nothing going to happen until the end of this. Yeah. We've got to Maybe. make it exciting before the exciting bits happen. Have you seen when they do it in the cinema? And they show you the trailer before... It's like, Turn it off. Yeah. I, I do this, I do. <laughs> Shut my eyes and look away or get annoyed about something, whinge about something to someone or whatever. I don't know. I, I do anything to avoid it because <laughs> it just ruins the experience for me. But anyway, I'll tell you what I will say. I think the grade, the colour in this looks incredible. Yeah. I think it looks really, really good. And um, going back to what I was saying about um, uh, Midway, it might be too good. 
Mm. It might be too good because you're dealing with a sort of a period piece. And I know it's nice to see these, the because the thing is, if you, if you don't have a beautiful grade, you don't shine a light on the beautiful costume that yeah. you get in these things. And the costumes are really good in this. If a little modern in places, yeah, for I me, so, yeah. if a little modern, but uh, the costume design is clearly fantastic. So I, I guess you do need the beautiful clothes. But what I was going to say is that, I mean, what what year are we talking on this now? Are we talking Industrial Revolution sort of time? Like 1850s. <clears throat> okay. Because um, I was thinking, should it be a bit more... Dirty. A bit dirty, a bit mm. greyer. You know, a bit more kind of um, indicative of the struggle yeah. that, they, that the characters are going to go through, you know, rather than it sort of seeming a bit Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> in places, you know. And there's nothing wrong with Mary Poppins, but sometimes... I know what you mean. Pop- you do a good chim chimery, that's not, is that? Chim chimney, yeah. Yeah, you do a If we had a bit more space, I'd show you. But, yeah. I don't want to get kicked in the face. <laughs> I don't want to go up in a basket <laughs> and I don't want to get my teeth kicked out. <laughs> Although we have written a little skit, haven't we, that might showcase my dancing abilities. Stay tuned. No spoilers here. <laughs> And there was just one bit when they get yeah. up, they break through the cloud, and then like a swarm of butterflies arrive. Mm. I'm like, this seems silly to me. It looked nice. The effects work is really good. Yeah. I do like the effects work on it. Um, so that made me go onto Google and say, how how high can butterflies fly? Not that high. A thousand meters. So they'd never be up there. Well, they're not obsessed with the truth in this film, are they? The characters are not even real. Sticky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's your least of your problems, is yeah. the, the, the uh, you know the what's the what's the word the floating height of a butterfly <laughs> or a flutterby. But um, I thought it looked nice though. When they get up there, it did look really good. I mean, the the, the balloon when it, uh, there's a mm. couple of shots where they just the balloon is small and it's just v- the vast sky mm. and obviously breaking through the clouds. Clouds look fantastic mm. whenever yeah. they're on yeah. <laughs> cinema screens. Yeah. And I think it's one of those where for those part of the film I'd mm. like to see it in IMAX okay but because it seems to happen at the end it's like well I'm what, not going to what are you thinking about the, the VFX seem a bit unrealistic to they me they do they do and it seems like there's many parts in the trailer where the balloon has had it and yeah. I don't know how they get it back yeah it seems like when the wind or the storms yeah. come in it's like oh yeah you think oh you're definitely dead yeah definitely definitely dead there and then all of a sudden yeah. No. He's all right. He's... I do. I do like the part where it seems like they get so high that they the balloon starts to ice over. Yeah, I look pretty cool. I think um, Felicity's up there just like climbing, climbing up, and then she falls, and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. She's a goner. See, I mean, well, it's this is the thing now. It's really hard to. It will be really hard for me because, and I will go and see this film, but it'll be really hard for me to cling to that now because I know she's not a real character, and. Mm. Um, the chances of success at such extremities in terms of, you know, being on top of a balloon yeah. and clinging on for dear life, the chances of success of that are slim, right? Yeah. But Surely. I think some of those things did happen. They did get that high that it did start to ice over. That's why he passed out. Yeah, I bet. But I bet it wasn't as dramatic as no. it's going to be made out to be. I bet there was no climbing on top of the balloon no, and stuff. Probably not. I mean, why is she up there? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Catching a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> frozen butterfly in the net <laughs> like that. Um, but I think like we said earlier on going back to uh, your, your cinematographer and, and what was your director who worked on Peaky Blinders 
the, well, as a team, so it as was team. both the di- okay. um, director and cinematographer. So I do, I do like the way it looks because I do love the way Peaky Blinders looks. Um, I think it's the lighting for me, yeah. and I think this this does have. You can see, you can see it. I think yeah. you can see the quality, and it is really well shot. I think, like you said, there might not be much variety in terms of um, the difference in the amount of shots that you're looking for, but. You could probably say that about a lot of films. Yeah. You know, you, we've we've got our staple, the staple shots, and if they're done well, then if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know. But I think, um, I think the color grade is the thing that stood out for me. It really elevated it off mm. the screen on on what could, I mean, certainly now, seem a bit of a a non-entity to me. Yeah. Because the non-truth thing really bugs me. Uh, the embellishment that's definitely going to be taking place will bug me yeah so i'm only going to be watching this film from a technical perspective yeah and in again in the trailer there's no like with the quality of cast mm. the, the actors in this mm. film they don't really they're not really showing off their acting prowess yeah. and i know the trailers are small and you can't fit everything mm. in but they're like just one-liners yeah next, you've got to have a key next. set piece yeah you? you know there's not even any kind of um you don't even get to get much emotion across yeah. or Anything like that, you know? Yeah, I know what you're saying there. It's sort of, they sort of seem wasted. Yeah. And it does seem, like you said earlier on, it does seem really under the radar. Mm. Really under the radar. So, I think I'm I'm saying this, and it sounds like I'm being cr- critical of the entire mm. thing, but I, I think it will be a film that I will enjoy. Yeah. Whether or not I go to the cinema to watch it, I'm not convinced I will. Yeah. But I think when I do get around to watching it, if it's not yeah. in the cinema, I will enjoy it. Yeah, which sounds kind of counterintuitive to what I've been saying. Mm. And I, I, don't, I can understand your point. Yeah. Though. It's like you say, we we when we were coming up with trailer top trumps and we were devising kind of what is a score? Yeah, what's a seven? What's a six? What's a five? And we sort of categorised a what was it? A seven as I will definitely see this in the cinema. Yeah, seven and above is I will definitely see this in the cinema. So if we're talking sort of between five and seven or four and seven. They're the kind of things that we're thinking, well, I want to see it, but I'm happy to wait yeah. until I can either see it on general release or it's on streaming or whatever. Yeah. So I think that's what you're saying there, really, isn't it? Yeah. I'm giving, as a score, I'm giving it a six. Yeah. It's kind of a solid score. I'm not over-enamoured by what I've seen, although mm. the plot does intrigue me and, and the, the cast. So mm. it's one of those, I, I don't want to go lower yeah, but it's not one I'm going to rush out to see at the cinema. No, I think a six is fair uh, for me because I'm only going to watch it from a technical point of view. Yeah, you know, I've, I've got I haven't got that much interest in the story now that I know it's not true. Yeah, so I'm really struggling with that, and I know I keep banging <laughs> the drum, but I'm struggling with the fact that it's not an entirely true story. Yeah, um, because what's what's I know you don't need to tell a true story all the time in, in film, and that's fine. But if you're marketing it as a true story. Yeah. And it's just, you're lying, essentially, if it's not. <laughs> you know? I mean, God, Craig, I know, like you say, most people won't be won't know, and they won't yeah. bother. They might not look into it. But if I went to watch it, and then after the fact, I thought, I'm going to read up about that. Yeah. And then I found out, no, it wasn't even true. Yeah. I'd feel almost deflated. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to settle on a six? Yes. <laughs> and let's move on. <laughs> Rapidly moving on to the next category, which is probably on a par with cinematography for me. It's the soundtrack and the score. 
Okay, so this category is the sound and music for the film. Now, I'll harp on all the time about music and films if you let me. Uh, so, yeah. I don't think I Feed will. Feed me. Yeah, well, I don't think I will on this. All right. Really. So, <laughs> <laughs> the... The composer for the film is a chap called Stephen Price. Now, yeah. his recent work includes Gravity. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, so I can see why they've drawn to this, because that was a kind of out in space. It's almost like building that tension from mm. kind of almost the nothingness of mm. space. So I can see it translating very well mm. here. Quite ethereal. Yeah. Yeah. But um, like you say, he's got an eclectic mix, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Like Suicide Squad. Loads of stuff. Baby Drive, obviously, in collaboration with Edgar Wright and mm. Fury. So, very, very eclectic mix of I mean, Baby Drive, we're a film almost built on the soundtrack, yeah. in a way, isn't it? So. But I was a little bit underwhelmed, really, from right. the, the the sound and, and the music, really. It was kind of a background element. It's not... Mm. Sometimes you can watch these trailers and that, that the music be a, a character in itself, yeah. but this is just very... Swells and little bits. That's, of it's rare notes. now that the music becomes a character in trailers. Yeah, everything's incidental now. I think it's so typical, and I'll I'll be saying that. Yeah, as well in a way. And but, um, um, from what I understand, the the the, the music that's actually used is a track called the Aeronauts, the Aeronauts Waltz. Okay, which I think is a um, a new piece for this film. But mm. even then, it just didn't. It just seemed to kind of push it along a little bit. Mm. Um, it is always the uh, it's the poor relation in the trailer mm. I think a lot of times the score the official score yeah. you rarely see a lot of official score being used in trailers it's almost this sort of like I said before on, I think I said it on the last episode maybe uh, they've, it's almost like they've got a, a little a bin yeah. with like library of trailer music just like lucky dip exactly, pull it yeah. out what are you having oh orchestral stabs that'll do yeah, exactly, yeah. stick it on Swells, stabs, yeah. bit of tension, and there you yeah. go. So I don't really want to pay too much time to this, really, because okay. it's, I, I'll be reaching just for things to, to talk about, and, okay. and really, I'm, I'm going to go straight down the middle as a five. Straight in with the score. Five, yeah. No messing. I mean, I think, and looking at the film and looking at the style of the film, I think I'll probably end up enjoying the soundtrack more than the film, um, because uh, I like... When it's a period type drama, you usually do get a nice orchestral mm. score because there's no point in there being guitars and drums in because it's just not <laughs> evocative of the time period. Yeah. So usually you get a lovely orchestral score and I'll probably sit there and I'll probably really enjoy the score. And the bits of music I did here, a couple of motifs in there, like you see the Aeronauts Waltz, it does, it does sound quite nice. Yeah. But it's such a bit part player yeah. that it's almost not worth having. Yeah. And um, And like we said, it's very typical of... A modern trailer now you know i mean you look at something like um old horror films i think they always i mean i think halloween for example and we're filming this on <laughs> halloween yeah just so you know um i think the the music for halloween was in the trailer yeah as far as i was, remember yeah. like a key player yeah you know so it, it just seems a shame that um they don't use it and it's almost like it almost feels to me like they sort of degrade the soundtrack in a way because it's almost like they're saying well it's, it's, it's lovely music but we can't use it in the trailer because it's not exciting enough yeah we need to stick this like a, like I said before everything sounds like a, a Lux I Turner Clint Mansell dun, dun, 
<laughs> everything sounds like that doesn't it yeah. you know they, they seem to just chuck in these trailers these days and that brings me swiftly on after your five straight on to the um, the sound and the music for Midway uh, which is sort of the same thing in a way now you've got um, the music is by Harold Closer and Thomas Wanda or Vonda or Vanda um, I'm not sure of the pronunciation of the surname I do apologise uh, and um, these are two, these are guys that they, they, they work in collaboration with each other, and they've worked with Emmerich since uh, the day after tomorrow. Yeah. So they've done 2012, 10,000 BC, White House Down, that kind of stuff. And again, it's one of those trailers where, in terms of music, in terms of the score, there is music, but I don't think it's going to be in the final film. I don't think it's music from the film. It just doesn't sound like it is, and it's very epic you might describe it yeah. it's very punchy it's uh, a lot of um you know uh, tense strings like the dun, 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 dun. it's a very action yeah. action epic sort of style but um it's vanilla it's by the numbers again you know like uh, we hear it on so many trailers now that's not to say now bear in mind like i said um I think this. I think the sound editing is going to be great. I think it's going to be quite an experience in the cinema. Mm. Whether it's the experience that I want, like I keep going on about this human element, so I, I don't think it will be. Um, I think it will be a film for the big screen. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just because it's the effects and things like that, they're always better seen on a big screen. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think it will be a film for the big screen, but the music is just so typical of a trailer that I, I, I'm really hoping for more from the actual the actual score. Mm. Like you said, you get big swells, uh, emphasis points, incidental music. You know, you get all these. I mean, there's one the one cool little bit that I liked is um, there's a drum beat that goes like, like that throughout. And um, there's a point at which they cut to someone on a typewriter yeah. and it matches in with a beat. And that's quite nice. You know, it's a nice little... Flourish for the trailer, and I think just before that as well, it's like the machine mm. gun da, 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 yeah. as well. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's so that kind of thing, like I say, mixing those things, and it does add a little bit of extra pizzazz mm. if you want to if you want to call it that to the trailer. Um, I did like the use of narration because when we talk about the sound of music, we don't just mean scores and things. We mean you know, uh, are there any things that catch our ear, so to speak? And I did like. Um, the opening narration where you've got the character of um, Dick Best saying he says you know there's he says something along the lines of there's this kid he didn't think he was going to make it mm. I figured it was the usual jitters um, you know uh, so I took him under my wing and then he says he was right to be scared yeah. and then right after he finishes saying that you get this <laughs> massive explosion and I'm thinking oh wow okay so we've got the horrors of war here We've got them saying, you know, this is horrible. And they're talking about a vulnerable young guy, which, you know, we know that at the time, most of these soldiers were young lads, way younger than us. I mean, yeah. we're 37 now, the pair of us. Oh, oh, not. oh not quite, not quite, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> One of us is 37, the other one's pretty much already there. For, uh, yeah, 36 <laughs> and 11 twelfths. But we'd be old enough to have kids fighting oh, yeah. in these wars now. Flipping heck, You yeah. know, and... and and that to me is crazy. So I, I really like that you've got this opening, and it's and it seems to be like I said earlier. It starts off with saying, "This is this could, there could be character pieces in here, and there could be something for me to sort of latch onto 
and and to get a human story out of it and and so they start off with that narration and then after he says that he was right to be scared you get this huge explosion and i think wow this is this is horrors of war stuff but then it sort of doesn't come back to it it just stays with the boom bang bang airplanes flying down the middle of the street you know all that kind of stuff and nick jonas seemingly unaffected by wind shooting a gun <laughs> and i'm not having a go at nick jonas you know it's not his fault um i just it just happened to be him in the shot i'm sure there's others in the shots you know that, that it's going to be a similar thing but um it's just a bit biff bam boom after that and uh, and like i said typical trailer music which i find i find really disappointing because how many trailers right we should do this we should do this we should count yeah. How many have that wow sound <laughs> on a you know that big drone, yeah. that sort of like drone swell? <laughs> we should we should have a we should count it. Yeah. Someone count it and leave it in the comments. All look at all the trailers out this week and see how many have got a wow in them. Most of them. Yeah. <laughs> so them, yeah. in terms of a score, um, I'm gonna go with a six. Too high. I don't think it is. I don't think it I is. Was, they... I was bitterly disappointed with what I saw. I'll be honest. In terms of the sound design, the music was louder than the explosions, and that's the big mm. kind of thing. Um, I thought there was a complete lack of use of like the the airplane buzz of the engine, which is, th this is all about an airplane. I know, but, but you do get the, I mean, what they do, what they do do, <laughs> it's weird saying that, what they do is they, they do give you the plot, and probably a bit too much of it, it's history so mm. you can find out if you want <laughs> but um, they do give you the plot in narration in key lines from so what you were missing in your film where yeah. you're thinking oh come on give them a bit of something yeah. that's why I think mine's a bit more a bit better than yours and worth a six because they do have that where they, they, they drive in the trailer with description of you know key plot yeah. plot lines so I, I just think, thought the, the analogy which I came up with is yeah. watching a blockbuster film yeah. On your phone. It just so, it was not immersive. And it, it, mm. I, the film will be, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I just looking yeah. at it going, you're giving me like, there was no sound of war really to me. Mm. There, there were the key couple of explosions, but even like the machine gun sound was taken over by the strings. It wasn't yeah. using that. There was not yeah. the buzz of the, the plane yeah. engine that I was lacking. I was like going, where is it? Yeah. Where is it? Well, I, I think that will actually be and this goes back to what I was saying about realism and all that kind of thing and the VFX taken away from the... and why veterans might not connect with mm. it or whatever. Because I, I, I think the, the gun sounds, for example, won't sound real. No. They'll be very much movie gun. Yeah. You know, movie movie bomb. I want to say the, the explosions are really oh, flipping heck. We, yeah. we sat there going, oh my gosh, I yeah. really don't want to be there. We're just like going, it's happening, but it's happening over there. I'm all right. Yeah. It's what I felt like. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And I think you, a good analogy is watching it, a, a, a blockbuster in your phone. But um, I still think it's worth a six, worth one more. Because if you think about it, like I said, it's, yeah, it's it's cookie cutter, mm. like the sound. And, the, uh, you know, there's, and I don't, and I don't like, I, how can I put it? I think the sound will be great in the cinema. I do. But I don't think it'll be real. Like, yeah. you know, like I've already said, you know, I don't, I don't think it'll sound real enough in that respect. It's very much movie sound, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I think a six because we've got those narrative elements that drive the trailer, 
give us a bit of information about the plot. I'm not too much. Mm. I mean, I don't know how much is too much. Like you said, it's historical anyway. But uh, I think a six is a fair score. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's get on to the next category, Gareth. The final category, which is superhero-ness. Okay, yeah, so the final category is superhero-ness. And this is just a little bit of fun to close out the episode. And really, it's how many tenuous links can you find to superheroes? So it could be based on the vast amount of people in Mm. superhero films. Mm. Uh, kind of the prominence of that character. So if you've got Batman or Superman yeah. or Captain America, good points. Yeah. But also you get bonus points for a Marvel DC crossover. crossover. This category has almost come to feel, in light of recent weeks, like a rebellion against Scorsese. <laughs> not cinema, this. It's what not cinema. But, um, but right, I've got a, a pretty good score here. I'll be straight with you. We'll see. Huh? We'll see. You know. <laughs> I've got a good score here. So first off, We've got uh, Woody Harrelson, Cletus Cassidy yeah. in Venom. And Could then be in, Carnage. In, yeah. in the next one. Carnage. He's going to be in the same one again. Ed Screen, Ajax from Deadpool. Pretty good. Mark him down, baby. Uh, the next one I'll go with is Patrick Wilson, is Night Owl in Watchmen, which I think is a really good yeah. sort of like. Sort of. I would. I, it's not like your normal superhero film, is it? You know what I mean? It's yeah. uh, The Watchmen is a, a fantastic graphic novel if you've not read it. Read the novel first because it's way better than the film. Yeah. But the film is still pretty good. But anyway, I, I won't digress on and that. And it's, one. yeah, they just released the, the series. I mm. watched episode one the other day. Yeah. So it's a kind of a continuation of yes, that. Yes, indeed. Really yeah, good. indeed. Yeah. And I've not seen it yet, but it Regina looks fantastic. King, yeah, it looks re- it's really yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then so I. What was your whole got... series? What, what else has he done? Patrick. Oh, of course, Aquaman. Which is a Marvel DC, DC crossover. crossover. It's a bonus, oh. he's on five already. <sighs> okay, so next I'm going to... Now, I don't know if you're going to allow me this one. <laughs> but I want to say it anyway because I am a Luke Evans fanboy, as we said earlier on. Yeah. But I want to give Bard the Bowman points for killing Smaug the dragon. I think that is a, a, a superhero feat. No. In itself, he had one spot he could hit Smaug where he was vulnerable. One spot, one shot, one spot. He made that shot with the arrow <laughs> on his son's shoulder. He's no Hawkeye on a, in a fiery tower. If if you he would hammer Hawkeye, if you can concede that the Hobbit is a superhero film, then yes, there are supernatural elements. Is it a superhero it. film? It's not a superhero film, but okay, bad. But anyway, going back on that though, talking about Hawkeye. Yeah. I had a conversation with my five-year-old the other day, and we we think, in a fight, yeah. Legolas would best Hawkeye. Mm. We went for speed and swiftness of the elves over the sort of explosions and techni- technologically advanced arrows that you Hawkeye's right. got. You might be right. Yeah. I think he'd take him. I think Bard would take him as well. No. If it dropped to fisticuffs, <laughs> Bard knows how to give someone a clack. Yeah. So Anyway, I'm digressing, but can I have that? No. I will give you... Uh, Star Dog and Turbo Cat for Luke Evans, though. I'll take it. Here we go. Luke, you the man. Uh, next, uh, Dennis, do you know what surprised me? Go on. Dennis Quaid doesn't have any. And now, when we say tenuous things, we're willing yeah. to get down and dirty with this, aren't we? We're willing to go like, 
150 degrees of step, <laughs> over the 150 degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. We're not bothered. We're, we're happy to go yeah. quite distant. And we could go distant if we wanted Quaid, but I couldn't believe it that I, I could double find check. a decent link. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. None. Surely. None. For some reason, I was thinking, when I was doing a bit of research, I kept thinking to myself, I'm sure he's an Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> and I don't know what's making me think that he was. Maybe it's the inner space thing. Yeah, maybe. The shrinkage. Yeah. And all that. Maybe it's that. Precursor. Yeah. Then, so going back to big scorers, this is a big scorer. Eckhart, Harvey Dent, The Dark Knight. It's a, probably a tour. Do you reckon? Mm. So what am I up to now? You're on eight. <sighs> no, it's not. I'm, I can't. I don't. My score, I'd be giving it is an eight. I don't think you can go over over. So you, that was quick, swiftly <laughs> yeah, back down no, to okay, a seven. Yeah. But the last one I'm going to use because I'm not. There's no point in me going into all the, the supporting cast because there will be others. Is uh, I'm going to say Darren Chris because he did a voiceover. Now this is a good crossover, Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wow! And he voiced over. He did the voiceover for Raphael. So, and if we're going by the whole theme song, Leonardo Lisa, Raphael is cool but rude. Give me a break, Michelangelo is a party dude. Party. Can I give so, you half a point for that one? Seven and a half. Mm. I've given myself eight. So, but then Mandy Moore in a. Very short documentary played Lois Lane. Eight. Bumps it right up. Nice one. I didn't know that one. Yeah. You're always good for one to give me a little extra. I got you? Fair. you I love looking into fair. the superhero. I got to yeah. be fair, haven't I? <laughs> go on then. So there we go. Me well, thanks it. for uh, Trailer Top Trumps this week. We could. Ahua. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, ahua. <laughs> Have you not got many links, Gar? Well, I mean, oh, it's the mate. prominence. We've got to remember it's the prominence of these characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go on. So Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, go on. Not in a superhero film. Nope. Himish Patel. Yeah. Not in a superhero film. Nope. Felicity Jones. Played Felicia in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. (laughs) Okay. Ten points. No. No. One point. (laughs) I'll I'll give you a two. It's got to be one. It's only, it's only one. I can only have one because there's one character and it's a poor character. If we could have half mm. points, I'd have half a point. But we've got to round it up to one. I've got it's one. It's in Spider-Man, though. Yeah, not the worst one, probably. Mm. It's not the best, is it? Tom Holland, best Spider-Man? Do you know? He is. Come on. For uh, straight up a Spider-Man, as he was written, probably. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I just can't go over Garfield. And I know you're like, what? He's the worst one. But I just liked him. And I liked him and Emma Stone, I think. That relationship of those two were really good in the film. Now, I'm quite fresh on Spider-Man because I only watched Far From Home the Mm. other day. And I I quite enjoyed it. Um, But um, Tom Holland's the best. What are you talking about? The only negative negative that I got is that I wonder how it would fare without the Avengers in it, without Tony Stark in it. As a standalone, this is Spider-Man, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Now, I really like Tom Holland, so I'm not going to talk into that He's awesome, too yeah, much. I love him, yeah, he's great. But as a standalone, this is Spider-Man, without the Avengers and Tony Stark mm. in it. I think he can. I don't I, think he's he a likeable kid. He's a good actor. I mean, he's great. Have you seen The Impossible? He's brilliant in The Impossible. Yeah. I'm not going to talk it down because I do like and him. And his dad is Dominic Holland. Yeah. Which is mad, isn't it? You can't believe it. If you don't know who we're talking about, Dominic Holland, Google Dominic Holland, you will recognise him. <laughs> yeah. From like loads of 90s, early 2000s, like uh, TV comedy stuff. 
unbelievable. It just blew my mind when I found that out. But anyway, it's now time to move to the final reckoning. Okay, so the scores are in. It's time to see whether Midway or the Aeronauts will take a place on the trailer top trumps table of triumph. It's time to draw the balls from Indiana Jones's fedora and tot up these category scores. Come on, let's have it. You ready? My turn to draw this week? Yep. I'm not going to look like you did either. <laughs> you, I saw you peeking when I was looking at it. Doing the edit, I was looking and watching your shifty little eyes. Hang on a minute. Oh, There's one that, that's not in there. Category, Category six. Category six, right? <laughs> <Just go on. laughs> if I draw that now, you oh, can't dog. win. So if we get category six, this is over before it's begun. It's category five. Oh my gosh. It was Sound of Music. Early lead for Chris. Yes. He had six, I had five. Even by one. There we go. Solid maths from me there, did you hear that? I like it. <laughs> It's category one. Oh my gosh. Plot and director. We have a real barn burner on our hands. Do we? It's All Even level. Stevens. This is it. All to play for. I'm nervous. Come on, category six. No. Drum roll, please. It's category two. Oh. Oh, I was hoping, what's that then? Still lost by two. Yes. 2-0, mate. 2-0. 2-0 in the series a, lead. He's a book up my ideas. I tell you. So there you have it. Trader Top Trumps. The winner this week is Midway. Although, I'd say, to be honest with you, on balance, it's probably roughly a draw, right? I would say so. You know. I mean, I think they're both going to be good films to see in the cinema. I think if I was going to choose, I would actually choose Midway. Mm. Yeah, I would. Uh, because I'm intrigued by the effects i want to see if they look better in the final film than they do in the trailer yeah uh, i like the cast so it, it looks like a good film you know it looks like you might enjoy it. i am struggling with the the human element <laughs> i think they'll lose a bit of that but uh it's better than at least they're not lying like yeah. in the aeronauts <laughs> so uh that was trailer top trumps anything yeah. to add bud well i just want to say thank you for everyone that's watched the prelude yes of course yeah. we've got so much Great feedback across yeah. all social media. We've got lots and lots of entries coming in for the Easter egg hunts. Oh, yeah, I love it. Flipping eggs. But they still some, keep them coming in. Yeah, some really good some really good uh, answers. Some left field. A little bit. I don't know yeah. what, they've, what they were watching. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, just a, a reminder. All you need yeah. to do is subscribe to the channel, like and share any of our videos, and you can yeah. be in to win a year's supply of cinema tickets, okay. a year's membership to the cinema. I mean, come on, if you win that, it doesn't even matter what we come out with on this programme. <laughs> yeah. You can watch both of them. Exactly, yeah. it does. It wouldn't matter, would it? No. But uh, all you've got to do, like I said, like and share any of the videos. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, you can find us across social media on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at, at the Davis Locker. And if you'd like to sort of see, find out a little bit more about me and Gar, and see the latest news, reviews, and things like that, then uh, get onto the website, which is www.thedavislocker.com. I think that's about it, bud, isn't it? I think so, yeah. So there we have it. Like we said, Midway is the film that 
We were deem seeable via Trailer Tops rules, <laughs> but we're kind of calling it a draw. Yeah. So go and see any of them. I think we'll show you'll probably enjoy both. And if you do, let us know in the comments because you might see it before us. Mm, yeah. We're not some sort of you know autonomous movie robots, are we? We're, we're dads and we've got lives like everyone else, so we yeah. try and fit it in as much as we can. So let us know what you think, and we'll see you next time on Trailer Top Trumps. So it was a good episode, that. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was funny that it ended up being technically a draw, didn't it? But yeah, I didn't. Two it. films based on real life events yeah. and two kind of airborne yeah. movies. I tell you what, it does remind me. Go on. Remember once when I tried to set up a, a hot air balloon business? Right. So expensive, getting the gas to heat it up. So what yeah. I tried to do was do a cold air balloon. Yeah. Couldn't get it off the ground. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no I think I will go up in the basket <laughs> <laughs>